It's time to be unapologetically you. Welcome to the Spitfire Podcast with your host, Lauren Lemunyan, the Spitfire Coach, a certified life and business coach out of Washington, D.C. If you want to go from feeling burnt out to fired up, this is the spot for you. We're talking about the real issues, the real topics that are affecting you at home, in business, in every relationship that you're having. If you have a question, a concern, a criticism, whatever it is, hit us up at spitfirepodcast.com and make sure that you're subscribed on Spotify or iTunes. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Lemonian, the Spitfire Coach, based in Washington, D.C. It is sweltering right now. We are almost in August, and it is like a sauna matched with like a tropical rainforest. But this is summer, and we're just going to deal with it. Uh, I wanted to come to you today because I am in the midst of a very critical groundbreaking historical moment in my business. So if you have been listening to the Spitfire podcast, you've kind of experienced the journey of being a business coach, of being a full-time business owner, leaving the security of a guaranteed paycheck to go into the world of entrepreneurship. And I am in my fourth year. It has been an amazing experience, especially this year, where I've tripled from quarter one to quarter two. And that's not saying I made $1,000 and now I make $3,000. Like, we're talking substantial money. It's been extremely exciting. But I've also reached my threshold and my capacity for what I'm able to do. So I have been doing this all on my own. No support, uh, aside from some friends who give me high fives. But I have been basically coaching per hour or doing speaking engagements and workshops that has provided my streams of revenue for my business. And I brought on, and I think I capped out at about 28 clients and it's a lot. So I started to make rules about, I'm going to have my max at four clients. I'm going to have my max at five clients. And before I knew it, I had seven clients in a day. And this is not my client's fault. This is my fault. I was like, yeah, let me just squeeze you in. And I used to have a 30 minute window in between sessions. And I just allowed other people to come in or I'd have discovery calls. And I don't know if you're guilty of doing this, but it's like, let me just find a little bit of time because I don't want to have to wait or I don't want my client or potential client to have to wait. So I'm all for maximizing your time but not at the detriment of your own health and energy and well-being. So what does that have to do with the historical moment? Well, I finally listened to all the people around me who were like shaking their head, wagging their finger, like, you need help. And I'm like, I don't need help. I've got software. I've got systems. I've got me. And I realized, holy crap, I need help because I can't keep myself honest. I don't stick to my own rules. So I went on a website called HireMyMom.com and I first found them on Instagram and they are phenomenal. And no, they are not a sponsor of the show, but if they want to be, that's fantastic. Uh, what I loved about it, and I actually found out, I think from, from another person uh, who's in the Spitfire circle, but these are full-time moms. These are women who used to be, you know, slaying it at the boardroom, wearing their power suits and their stilettos. And they decided to have kids and be like, you know what? This is more important than a commute and like climbing the corporate ladder. But they're so freaking talented. So these are moms or or moms-to-be who have amazing skill sets but want the flexibility of working from home, working with multiple clients, really rocking that gig economy. 
And I went on and put a posting for a virtual assistant because I knew that I needed someone to police my schedule, to basically say, no, Lauren, you cannot put another meeting in here. No, Lauren, you cannot cross town four times in one day and think that you're going to get anything else done. So I put a post up last week, very simple. I think it was maybe like three sentences about what I was looking for. And I had over 40 qualified applicants reach out. And I wanted to just share the interview process with you guys because this has also come up with a couple more clients who are hiring uh, to grow their business. So I'm interviewing these people uh, via Zoom because they're working from home. So first identify where is the place that this person is going to sit. Are they going to work in an office? Are they going to work in your location? Are they going to work from home? Are you ever going to see their face? And think of the way that you're going to have your first interaction as the way that you're going to do business from there on out. So you get to see, you know, what's what's the environment that they're in? Are they relaxed? Are they getting all dolled up? Are they kind of rolling out of bed? And for me, I actually appreciate it. My first interview was at 8 a.m. and I was looking a little rough. I had my hair in a ponytail and I had like a t-shirt on and she rolled in the same way and I was like, thank you. <laughs> so finding someone who kind of meets you where you are and like isn't overdone, but is, is relaxed. Now, obviously if you have someone who's client facing and they roll in, like they rolled out of bed, probably not a good fit. So know what, what it is that you want to attract in. Um, also make sure that you're asking questions that are going to give you the information on whether or not they're going to be a good fit. So if you are interviewing, uh, number one, stay relaxed. Like I know that you may have a lot of stress about money or feeling desperation of like, when am I going to get this job? And this can be for a gig economy job, or this could be for a nine to five salary job. The more that you can just be yourself, the more other people are going to relax around you. And for the people who are interviewing, for those people that are hiring, stop trying to stress people out. It is awful. It's the worst feeling in the world. And this whole, well, we need, we need to see how they operate under stress is bullshit. It's really a power trip and you shouldn't do it. It's awful. It makes people feel like crap and they're not able to perform at their best. And to be honest, you're probably a jerk for doing it and you're probably doing other mind tricks. So I'm going to call you out right now. Stop it. Just stop it. I used to do it and then I realized this is awful. This is the worst thing ever. I used to interview a lot of people probably because we had a ton of turnover, shocker, at my last company. Uh, So if you have a problem-solving based or creative-based company, You want people to be relaxed. You want them to be able to access their skill set and collaborate with team members and to have a pleasant interface and exchange with your customers and clients. So why would you stress them out from the get-go? So check yourself first before you step in. And if you are interviewing, whatever baggage you have, leave it at the door and just breathe through the the interview. The ones that have gone so well are the ones that are just talking like they're people, like we're like we're meeting at a cocktail reception or we met for coffee. So if you want to get that energy out of people, you've got to show up in that way and meet people where they are. But if you come at it from I'm going to be a hard ass, but expect someone else to show up calm and collected. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's, it's pretty much impossible. And they probably don't want to work for you anyway. Um, so be yourself, be calm, cool, collected. And also think of like, what are those like pillar things about me that make me awesome? So I was asking questions like, 
what are your must-haves in a working relationship? What are your deal breakers in a working relationship? What is something that comes really easy to you? And what's something that feels like it's a strain? So for me, I want to understand like where are people's passion? What comes naturally to them? Because that's usually related to their talents and passion. Uh, So if someone's trying to answer like cooked questions, then I'm just getting a script. But I want to really find out who people are so that I can I can put them on a team where they can really shine and they're going to grow with the company. But if you're only looking for did someone read the job description and can they answer these five questions, you're going to get a robot. You're going to get someone who's just going to, sh- you know, nod their head. And in a couple of years, they're going to leave because they're not going to be fulfilled. They're not going to be challenged and they're not going to want to grow with you because they're just regurgitating what they've always done. So. Think about specific examples of th- when you've done something. So if something is not super related to a question, um, and this out- actually like flips back if you're an interviewer, ask the question of tell me a time when you interacted with someone like this or tell me a time when you did a project that was related to this. So you're looking for historical context to see if number one, people can think in that in that way of you know, if they're put on the spot on the phone, are they going to be able to, you know, talk about it or are they going to shut down if they don't know the answer? So you're going to be, be able to see how someone's response pattern works. And also you'll, you'll be able to see what's the energy and the way that they think about their past experiences. Uh, so one of my clients is hiring for two people and actually they, they've already extended an offer to, actually, I think, two of them. And we reverse engineered the process. So first we started with what does the ideal client represent to your company? What do they add in? What is the energy they walk in with? What's their expertise? What are their talents? How are they going to work with the two? Because there's two co-owners. How do they work between the two of you? And initially they're like, one of them was like, I need someone to keep me accountable and to be direct. And, and I realized very quickly that was a short-term decision of like, I need someone right now to tell me what to do. But over time, that's a stress reaction. And actually you will resent the crap out of that person. So we were able to pinpoint what, what is the, the ideal spectrum of being able to push back as far as, um, not agreeing with something and, and being able to talk about blind spots versus being kind of belligerent about it. So there's, there's a spectrum for all of it. And you'll get a sense based on how you ask questions, um, of, how does someone talk about their past boss or past situations? Um, and here's the thing. If someone's smack talking, think about what they're going to do when they leave your company, you know? And if you're the person that's very open about past experiences, be a little more eloquent about this. Because if you're there throwing dirt, they're immediately like, what's this person going to say on Glassdoor about me? So you got to see it from both lenses. Like if you are the person that's hiring for the job, put yourself across the table with other people. So go from their perspective of what could they potentially be looking for? And you know, what, what am I kind of reacting with that may be perceived differently? And this is not to make you anxious or crazy, but to really see things outside of your perspective so that you can get a more wide view and open view of what this is actually going to be. And you may actually get indicators that this may not be a good fit and that's okay. It is better to walk away from a situation than to invest the energy, the time and, and have that take up the time from another opportunity than to, you know, go into it, waste the time as opposed to walking away and just saying, you know what, I'll give it another week or two. When you are ready to say no, 
yes is right around the corner. But if you're saying yes to things that are only like filling up like 50 or 60% of what's important to you, and by the way, they're, they're deal breakers that are there that you're ignoring, it's not going to be a good situation. So we did a show about the toxicity in, in workplaces. This is where you get all your clues. And if you are the person that's getting interviewed, ask questions back. You know, how's the culture? What does this look like? You know, if there's a disagreement, how is it handled? You know, what, how open is leadership to feedback? And you can usually see people squirm a little bit. They may give you the answer of what you want to hear, but look for those subtle cues like in eye twitches or a slight eye roll or even the way that they breathe. Breath is the key tool and the key flag of something's right, like that they're being honest or if they're holding their breath, it means that they're probably having a stress reaction. Um, So use your instincts in your gut. If it doesn't feel right, it's probably not a good fit. So don't try to fit in. Find the place that you belong. And that's same for if you're interviewing people. You want people that truly belong and are aligned with your values and mission, not someone who just wants a paycheck. Those, those people are going to be in and out the door. They're going to create more problems and you're going to waste more time in trying to train and correct than someone who is a great natural fit. So be patient in this process. Be patient if you're looking for a job. Be patient if you're trying to find that ideal person. They will come, but you have to have clarity. You have to have clarity on what it is that you want to create for your business, who you want to have on board, and who is clearly not a fit. It's okay. It's your business. And if you're looking for a job, you need to have clarity on how you want to feel, what you want to get from it. And when you don't have clarity, you will accept a lot of stuff that does not work for you. So as you've, as we wrap this up today, I want you to think about what are the must-haves in a job. And what are the must-haves in in an applicant? What are the must-haves in leadership? What are the deal breakers in leadership? What are the deal breakers in the environment and the type of work that you're doing? You can take a look back on the the report and the list that we did for workplace stress. Um, There are six key things. So get really clear on like what are things that stress you out? What are things that you don't want to replicate in your life? And speak to it from these are must-haves. This is what I want. This is This is what I need to know in order to be happy. So it's a relationship. It's almost like dating, but you've got to ask those questions that you may have been avoiding before to get the clarity on whether or not something's going to be a good fit. So this was a lot. So if you want to like slow down the pace, every time I get excited, I talk really fast. So if you're listening on like Apple Podcasts, just put me at like a 0.75 and it'll sound like a normal person talking. And if you have any questions on this, this is the stuff that I love to geek out over. Uh, The tools and the ways to ask questions that get you the information that you need. And if you're out interviewing, you know, take the time to just write down questions Write down responses to potential questions. Have a friend do a mock interview. And if you're not comfortable interviewing people, go ahead and and do the same thing. This is all a practice. No one is perfect at this. And honestly, the people who think they are are probably awful at it because they're talking about their perspective and themselves. This is open two-way dialogue where you get to see if it's a good fit, if it's a match. This is exactly like dating. One person doesn't date another person. That's non-consensual. That's weird. So... It's got to be a good fit for both people and you've got to be curious and you've got to look for clarification and don't assume that you know the answer and don't assume that you think you know the answer even though the person has responded. So I hope this was super helpful. 
I'll keep you posted. I'm going to be really excited. I'm making my decision for my virtual assistant after I've got like four more interviews this week. I'm going to make the decision by the end of the week and I may be hiring one or two. And who knows if you message into Spitfire podcast, you may hear from them. Who knows? I'm super excited. I hope this was really helpful for you and you guys are staying cool this summer and make sure you check back at spitfirepodcast.com for all past episodes or you can hit us up on Spotify and Apple podcasts. And for all the Spitfires out there, keep being awesome.